Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the next episode in the Keep Canada Weird series. If you are new here, in this series, my good pal Aaron and I seek out and explore the more interesting Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, Aaron and I are going to discuss four rats. One is a rollerblading badass in Victoria, B.C., another a sexist CEO, the third a Toronto-based romance scammer, and the fourth is a literal rat. So let's get into it. Aaron Airport, we're in a weird country. Uh, let's talk about it. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Feeling a little weird, you know? Okay, well, that's appropriate. Um, I'm going to start with the question you dread every week. Oh, my God. Stop it. What have you been up to lately? Have you done anything in the last week? Uh, I've done nothing. Uh, we should have planned this beforehand because I had a, a very active week and I could have given you a story. I'll take a story. Um, I'll tell you uh, what I'm going to do tomorrow is my uh, there's an in-service at my son's school. So I'm going to be um, <laughs> having both the boys tomorrow. That's not fair. That's the one thing I told you before we started about my life. Uh, and now it's mine. Steal. And now it's mine. Now your boys belong to me. Oh and they're goodness. finally going to get the discipline that they've needed this entire time. Wow. Let me tell you about my week. I actually have two uh, like appropriate stories uh, for this podcast because I guess they're both a little weird. One involves Harry Potter and one involves a car accident. Which would you like to hear first? Tell them both at the exact same time. I'll try. Uh, over the weekend, it was March break here uh, in Nova Scotia. So I kind of had an extra busy week with my kids. But the first thing that I did that was notable is um, my oldest is really into the Harry Potter books and movies right now. And we had heard that in a community called Bridgewater, which is about an hour's drive away from Halifax, there was a fundraiser for like a local school. And I don't know if they were teachers or parents or if it was all the students or what, but somebody who really knows their way around cardboard boxes and scissors made like an entire like world of Harry Potter related stuff out of cardboard that was painted. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's it's hard to explain, but they had like in a strip mall in Bridgewater, this small town, there must have been an empty store or something. So in the store, you would go in and there's like a little desk and you give them $5 to do a tour. And as you walk through what used to be a store, you're just walking past all these exhibits made out of cardboard that are pulled from the movies and the show. So like, you know, there'll be Harry Potter's bedroom and then there'll be like, uh, I don't know, the name of the whatever the school is where all the magic happens at. But um it's without seeing the photos of it or seeing like a video, it's hard for me to explain the amount, like the attention of detail they had. I didn't realize a lot of the stuff was made out of cardboard until I got close to it. So for example, they had this like this big, large desk that the principal of the magic school sat at, I guess. And it looked like this big old school desk with a bunch of books on it. But when I got up close enough, again, it was like, a box, a bunch of boxes that have been cut and taped and all this stuff. And they even like to put like 
ornamentation like on the sides of the desk so it looked like wooden carvings and stuff they had like glued a bunch of pretzels onto the legs of the desk and painted over that <laughs> and it's like it sounds kind of corny but man it was like it was really cool yeah uh, so if people are in nova scotia and are interested in harry potter if that's still open um it's pretty awesome the other weird thing though this one's a bit this would be like maybe for the crime in canada segment of our show um over the weekend, I'm in the living room, and I just heard hear like, bang! And I look out my living room window, and there's just a car in front of my house, and the entire front of the car is totaled. Oh, uh, wow. But then I realized that there was another car, like a little bit of, away, um, pulled over. So I, was thought, so I realized, you know, these two cars collided. And to kind of explain who the characters involved in this are, the car that had the damaged front end had a young woman. The car that was hit in the back was an older lady. Mm-hmm. And when I say older, I mean like probably like mid seventies. Um, so I'm watching them outside my window and the young lady's like hollering at the older lady. And I'm thinking like, you know, this is not cool. So I went outside just to like offer to help or see if I could do anything. And the old lady in like broken English was trying to ask me for my phone. I need to call my son. So I uh, call her son. Her son, uh, and she explains to her son in another language what's going on. She gives me the phone back, and the son says, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So I said, okay, whatever. Uh, so I just kind of went. The, the older lady got in her car, and I went up you know, in my house. I'm just looking out the window because something was weird. What ends up happening is the younger lady, who was all upset and agitated, it's like, I don't know if it was her boyfriend or her husband, but he shows up within like three minutes. He jumps out of his, his truck's like in the middle of the road with the doors open. Him and his buddy jump out. They're screaming and hollering at the old lady, saying things oh, like, wow. Yeah, I had to call the police. I called the police twice, actually. Really? Um, yeah, the first time to say, just to say, just so you know, there's an accident here. Because I, I didn't know if it didn't, like the old lady and the younger lady were like, the younger lady was yelling at her. So, and the old lady I know only called her son. So I called the police just to say this is going on. But when this guy showed up, he was like ranting and raving, yelling at the old lady. And he was saying, um, this is why old people shouldn't be effing driving. Effing. Effing driving. But when the old, when the boyfriend guy or husband or whatever showed up freaking out, I called the police again. I said, like, you guys need to get here now. Like, this is kind of getting wild. Um, then they showed up in the vehicles, got towed mm-hmm. away, and everything was fine. That's the whole story. Oh, okay. Well, it's, that's but, pretty exciting, uh, I think. Well, you know, the, the the way I am, I was like, glued to the window. Oh, yeah. You can't keep your nose out of anybody's business. <laughs> you have to be the hero, call the police eight times. and It's like, Jordan, not you again. You're tying up the police lines all the time. You're really hindering our services. I offered to make a statement. They declined twice yeah no stop yeah <laughs> it's four in the morning stop calling my house i'm not giving you a statement you know i'm not taking your statement yeah anyway that was my week but let's get on with the show we're not here to talk about our lives um we're here to <laughs> no. listen to voice memos yes from uh, uh we, people who get so, angry at it's becoming more me than you lately but <laughs> yeah i love this trend <laughs> <laughs> Because we started hot with me, with uh, people hating. Yeah, yeah. You set a lot of people off with the straw business early into this series, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to really push some buttons out there. Well, I'll tell you, you push someone's button. And the first voice memo, this came uh, in in response to something you said two weeks ago, 
then someone called you on it last week. Mm-hmm. You defend it yourself. Um, someone is not buying your defense. Listen well, to this. let's see what they have to say. Aaron, I don't know where you're getting your information, but no one says Reese. It might just be you. As a lifelong purveyor of gas station and liquor store foods, I can assure you it's just Reese's. Wow. So the background behind this comment for someone who's new to the show is uh, we're talking about the candy Reese's Pieces or that brand or trademark or whatever Reese's. Uh, Aaron has called it Reese. A listener wasn't crazy about it last week. They corrected him. He doubled down, so to speak. I did. What do you think of this? Well, I doubled down by saying, you know, it's only Reese's until uh, the financial transaction and exchange of ownership takes place where I purchased the what was Reese's peanut butter cups. And then once it belongs to me, it is simply Reese peanut butter yeah. cups. I tried to see it that way. I did do a bit of research though. And Reese's isn't the company that makes it. Some company makes products called Reese's blah, 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 Reese's blah, blah, blah. So Reese's is like the trade name, not the manufacturer. So even when you own it, it's still Aaron's Reese's Pieces. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of siding with this. Uh, you are. Yeah, I can. I, I understand. You know, um, I think sometimes uh, street slang tends to uh, kind of blend its way into everyday language. And mm. eventually over time, um, you can make an argument that what once wasn't a word has then become a word, which even Webster's will come out and say, okay, this piece of slang or um has is used so often referring to a very specific thing that we're now officially making it a word so mm -hmm. i think now currently where i where we stand with this uh, debate over is it reese or reese's you know i i think yes uh, you know on the packaging and 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 the the trademark and and the marketing is you know calls it reese's you know of course but I think that there are enough of us out there that say Reese so much that when you hear me say Reese peanut butter puffs or Reese peanut butter cups, you know I'm talking about Reese's. So therefore that slang could potentially have been used by enough people to then become um, officially or unofficially what you could call that product. Wow. Well, let's see what happens. We'll have to follow up on this when Webster does a new dictionary in a few years. We'll see where it goes from here. Well, another kind of debate that's been raging on uh, from week to week as we do these recordings is a whole bunch of concepts and issues and matters related to Tim Hortons. <laughs> the, it's never gotten as hot and as frankly scary as this voice memo. Uh, people are going to hear this and think it is a plant or something I'm involved in. I am not involved in this message. And I will tell you, as someone who's received a lot of like anonymous emails and tips and messages, this email came to me or this message came to me through a dummy email account, which someone 
probably create it just for the purpose of concealing their identity when they sent me this email. Mm, oh, and I haven't uh, heard this, so I'm very excited. And I will say as well, this isn't a problem with the audio. This person seems to have um, taken steps to mask the sound of their voice. Okay. <laughs> Hi, gentlemen. So I decided to disguise my voice because of what I'm experiencing and what I'm about to tell you. So ever since you started talking about Tim Hortons, I keep getting Tim's ads in my feeds. As disturbing as this is that Tim's is stalking me and seemingly listening to my podcast feed, what I saw was also very disturbing. So I'm on a local buy and sell site and I see one person trying to sell a used Tim Hortons Tim Beebs box for $150. I keep scrolling and I see someone trying to sell a Tim Beebs beanie for 90 and I keep looking. And another day, someone has listed a fanny pack, a fanny pack for $100. And these are worse than my dad's leather fanny pack that I got beat up for when I wore it in the 90s. Then I saw someone trying to sell a Timbit that was shaped like a foot for $100. I'm thinking, in what circle of hell am I living in? Why is this in my feed? Now, I can't prove that nighttime has anything to do with it but I don't know what else it could be. I hate Tim Hortons. I hate the coffee. I hate the food. It's disgusting. But now I really hate that they're stalking me. It's quite unsettling. It's disturbing. You're right. Um, it's unsettling. It's uh, it's just another chapter in this story that we're trying to tell the mm -hmm. world about. You know, the, this this beloved, once beloved, Canadian iconic brand of Tim Hortons has become a monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they're now resorting to using that kind of marketing that involves like tapping phones mm -hmm. and searching for keywords, like if they're stooping to that level and if what this caller says he's experiencing is correct, they're also infiltrating local buy and sell groups, likely using you know, fake sock puppet accounts to try mm -hmm. to sell odd Timbits that maybe they weren't able to put on their shelves for some reason or mark up and resell fanny packs. I don't know. It's uh, a yeah, they're confusing. trying to create a fictitious demand for novelty Tim Horton slash Bieber, you know, products. And it's Crap. disgusting. Um, do you believe that so there's a, a lot of people talk about, you know, my phone is listening to me and it's using it for marketing to like feed ads and stuff to you. Do you have you ever had one of those experiences where you talk about something you've never Googled or anything? And then like the next day you get an ad for it. It's constant. OK. <laughs> it All is right. Like um, I remember one recently in particular, but I remember the very first time I saw it happen. And it was a long time ago. Um I was in the movie theater. This would have been like 10 years ago or something. Um, like in the earlier days of, of smartphones. And I was in mm -hmm. the movie theater with my girlfriend at the time and my father. And they're both avid readers and I'm not really at all. And mm -hmm. so I was just sitting next to them and they were having a conversation about this particular author who I'd never heard of, never spoken their name before in my life. And I'm just sitting there. And then once they finished their conversation, I pulled my phone out and I went to Google something and I clicked on the Google icon. And you know how like suggested searches will come up when you tap onto your Google icon. 
Okay. Um, and the top suggested search was this author's name. Weird. Yeah. And I remember mm. telling people about this. I'm like, my phone was straight up listening to me because I never heard of this author before in my life. And it was like a minute after. Hmm. Um, well, let's move on. We're, that, that's a mystery. If anyone has a crazy story about that sort of thing, about being uh, surveilled by your phone or your GPS and having uh, that information used for targeted ads, I'd love to hear it. But let's move on to our, um, our main course. Lately, we've been kind of stumbling upon accidentally a theme of for the stories we talk about. This week, I don't think we really have a theme. The stories aren't that connected, but I think the way I summarized it was um, we have the story of a sexist buffoon. We have the story of a uh, another romance scammer. That was something mm-hmm. we talked about last, last week. week. We now have just coincidentally after we talked about kind of the... The, the phenomenon last week, we have a real life story that's playing out in Toronto to talk about. Mm-hmm. I have a story about a rat and I have a story about a rollerblade baddie. How do you think we should start this? Um, let's maybe this. Oh, no, you go. I'm thinking, the sex, I'm thinking the sexist buffoon. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's start there. This story, uh, it's awful. I, I, I just opened the article and like, and it's on the other side of my screen as I'm talking to you. And just looking at the guy is making me like cringe. And he looks like a sexist buffoon. Yeah. He? And this all takes place uh, in British Columbia. The headline of the article is BC Resort CEO placed on leave after making sexist remark at a conference. <sighs> so here we go. The excitement of attending a big industry conference soon turned to shock for many attending the BC Tourism and Hospitality Conference in Richmond, BC. The chair of Thai BC opened the conference and about five minutes in, he asked all the women to stand. Um, he said some words around International Women's Day and celebrating women in the industry and everybody clapped. And then when the applause died down, he said, okay, now go clean rooms and do dishes. And he laughed at us. The chair of the Tourism Industry Association of BC, who said those words, is Vivek Sharma, the CEO of Fairmont Hot Springs Resort and a board member of the BC Hotel Association. He apologized later. So not quite then and there, he apologized a little bit later, but he did it as a joke. He said that it was because there's bureaucrats in the room and he wanted to highlight the staffing crisis and he laughed it off. The BC Tourism and Hospitality Conference organizers were quick to release a statement of apology, calling the comments insensitive, hurtful, inappropriate, and deeply upsetting. First thing Monday morning, I personally sent formal letters to all the boards and councils that he sat on, calling for his immediate removal. Later, Sharma released his own statement through the BC Hotel Association's industry update, confirming that he had stepped down from both the industry boards he was a part of and offered his heartfelt apology for his serious indiscretion. More than a week after the original incident, the board of Fairmont Hot Springs Resort also made an announcement that Sharma has been placed on leave and a third-party consulting firm has been hired to conduct an independent review. As for Notman, she, along with other friends and colleagues, are continuing to work on what must be done. Smashing the patriarchy. This guy seems like an idiot. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Um, 
Well, it's looking more and more like that's true because I sent you this this article like yesterday uh, when I was preparing tonight to for a recording session. I see that there's been an update. There's been story. an update. Yeah, already. Um, I can't wait to hear what this. Here's what's the headline. new with this guy. Resort CEO currently under fire for sexist remark previously faced complaints over an alleged rape comment. Oh, jeez. So what it is is uh, past uh, former employees at Sun Peaks Grand Hotel say they raised concerns about Vivek Sharma in 2016. So let me just read you just basically what his accusations are. Um, so this is uh, five or six years before he told all the women to go clean the rooms and do dishes mm -hmm. uh, on the day after International Women's Day. All right, so let's see. All right. So they're, they're, this article describes those allegations, and then it says, this did not come as a surprise to Mel Bahula, who is the, confer who is the conference services and sales coordinator of Sun Peaks Grand Hotel and Conference Center when Shawarma held the job as regional manager of the hotel, a general manager of the hotel. Bahala is one of three former employees of the hotel located northeast of Kamloops who've come forward to express their concerns about Sharma's behavior during a January 19, 19, 2016 town hall-style staff meeting. So this is him making stupid comments at another large meeting. And now they're quoting the allegations. Uh, Vivek was trying to basically motivate the staff after a very long and hard Christmas season, Bahula said. He said to us, well, sometimes you get raped. You just need to lay down, take it, and do your best to enjoy it. The whole room, of course, <sighs> gasped. <laughs> Look, who is this guy? Uh... <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, in what world is that acceptable? Uh... Yeah. You want to move on? It's just... You know, the, yeah. the, only, <laughs> the only thing that like makes me feel good about this is it's so insane that for, that there's been quite a bit of coverage. If anyone ever Googles this guy's name now, they're going to find these like three or four articles. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just because yeah. I think if he was the general manager of this hotel and he was saying things like that at staff meetings. You'd think like something would have happened then and he wouldn't be CEO of this other even larger group now. So it's a, there's something to be said about like him doing it, but there's also mm -hmm. something to be said about him being able to do that and not having it, had it affect his career until he did it on an international on at a um you know a professional uh, uh conference the day after International Women's Day. Yeah. Like how many other things did this guy say? Oh, well, I, if his phone is listening to him, his phone would know all that he has said. <laughs> um, so that's let's move on. But that's our story of the sexist buffoon. I have a feeling more is going to come out in the next uh, week or two. We'll we'll follow up on it. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I keep an eye on it, but it's. Ugh. Yeah, mm. I think we need a, a palate cleanser. Oh, do you have another voice memo or? I'm I'm kind of toying with the idea of playing an amazing voice memo, but I'm not going to let it. Well, now you have memo. to because you've mentioned it. Okay, so let's hear it. Let's hear it. I can't. It's not a voice memo. It's a piece of audio that I want to tell you about. Okay. Uh, let me start by asking you, how's the weather where you are? The weather is dark 
and nighttimey. Has it been warm? Has it been cold? We've had a sprinkling of warmer days, but today is a kind of a regular March day. Um, are you one, like, do you have a lot of conversations with your neighbors and stuff about the weather? Do you follow weather reports? Do you give a crap about weather, really? I, I, I check the weather every day and the long-range forecast. And I'm always keeping my eye on uh, on what's coming in the next few days, in the next seven days. I'm always looking at the weather. But I don't okay. generally talk about it too much. Okay, Keep it to myself. Well, it's very private. It is. What I'm getting at here is I don't believe you follow the weather uh, to the extent, and it's certainly not as passionately as the man we're going to hear from. So um, a, a few weeks ago, I had us, we, we listened or watched that CBC video where they had their camera rolling when they were doing the story on the rat and all hell broke loose. Mm -hmm. Well, this is kind of in that same vein. This is a, a seven-year-old piece of audio. Uh, in short, what had happened was a weather reporter for CBC in Saskatchewan gave a weather report. They gave, you know, the wind and the the sun will be this and the temperature will be that. It's going to be a nice day is how they ended it. Uh, what we're going to hear is a voicemail that they received from a listener who was completely distraught about how they described the weather in Saskatchewan. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard anyone, including Frankie McDonald, this passionate about weather. Sheila, please, please, please don't tell us how nice it's going to be this weekend because it's going to go up to minus one. Okay? Please. Because it's not going to be nice because the freaking wind is just going to howl. Okay? Every time it warms up, the hot air rises, and the wind just howls. So it ain't going to be nice. And being a person that lives rurally, I can tell you that when it's 30 below, okay, Celsius, you can take your mitts off for half an hour and do things outside, okay, when there's no wind blowing at 30 below. But when it is zero or minus five even, okay, you take your mitts off and your hands freeze instantly. So I can tell you, okay, this weekend is going to be the physical shits, okay, because the wind's going to be howling, and then it's going to be only minus one, so then it's going to melt and have a bunch of hog slop, so knock off how nice it's going to be, please, okay? It's just sickening, okay? This province is the asshole of the world, and it'll suck the life out of you, okay? It'll suck the will to live out of you, okay? Because it's just a piece of crap with wind howling every day. And you're not hiking or biking or skiing or you're not doing anything. Okay? It's the a-hole of the world. And we pay to live here. We pay to live here. Super high taxes. So please, knock off the nice. Okay? I, got, I get the funny feeling that you guys are just saying that so that people won't just end it. Okay? Because then, of course, they wouldn't be able to pay their taxes to these lectures. Right? You know, people go hang themselves in their goddamn closet, okay, because this fucking place is a piece of shit, okay? So please, please, please knock off the how nice it's going to be, because it ain't, because <laughs> the wind's going to be hauling, okay? Thank you. Bye. Oh, man. A lot of uh, metaphors in there and, and dark references. <laughs> Oh, exactly. But I think he kind of beat around the bush with a theory that CBC was um, 
trying to like kind of soften the weather report to prevent people from committing suicide so that they'll continue to pay taxes. Mm. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah, that is that is the moral of the story. Yeah, of what he's saying. Um, he's he's right about the whole wind thing. No, like no, if, absolutely. If the temperature, yeah. the wind makes it all. It, it worse. can be like, everything worse. Yeah, it could be four degrees, like above freezing and windy, and you're like, ooh. And then it could be minus fifteen, minus twenty, and have no wind and sun up, and you and you like want to take your jacket off. So I get that, but um, just imagine hearing a weather report. And being so upset that you leave that message in a voice memo, mm-hmm. uh, and he hates Saskatchewan. He really does. Yeah, he's. I mean, I, it makes he's me pay to live here. Pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does he live here? There then is, is my question to this gentleman. You know. Yeah, he's like he describes this. He's like, we pay to live here. It's the a hole of the province. The wind is howling. The wind is howling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the price of gas. Um, oh yeah. Oh, match. I'd love to get this guy on the phone. Get him on the phone like, now. Yeah. Let's, and the let's price hear of gas. his comments on international, you know, affairs, and let's kind of. Yeah, uh, I wonder what he thinks about the pandemic. I wonder what he thinks about Ukraine. You know, like. Yeah. Or the price of gas. You're right. Or just. I'd like to talk to him right around tax time when he got to do his taxes. Do you think he enjoys? I that? want to see him doing the dishes. Yeah, we got saucers. Uh, oh, we got the saucers are howling, and then the dinner plates are <laughs> howling, and this is this fork is the a hole of the cutlery. <laughs> if anyone knows him, I'd love to uh, talk to that guy. I have a feeling he has a great opinion about everything. Um, yeah, but he he certainly served as a wonderful palate cleanser after the sexist buffoon. Yeah, no, that was a uh, nice get... transition. Yeah, it was uh, really nice. What we're able to do now is get to uh, a reoccurring spot on the show, which is our Crime in Canada segment. Let me roll the intro, and then we'll get to it. This week in Crime in Canada. Aaron, I got two um, kind of insane crime stories. Uh, I want to start with the more absurd and then we'll start with the more serious although the absurd one is serious as well because it involves i noticed that yeah it's it, it seems assault. kind of um light-hearted at first but then as you kind of read on it's like oh it's kind of dark mm-hmm. yeah and this all we're we're spending a lot of time out west uh, mm. in this episode this article uh and this story takes place on vancouver island uh, the headline is going to give away in essence what happens the headline is Hockey stick wielding man on rollerblades arrested after tooth theft in Victoria. Which sounds like at the top the most Canadian crime you could possibly ever have. Uh, for American or international listeners, Aaron, they may not know what a toque is. How would you describe it? It's that? a winter hat. Mm-hmm. People call them. Some people would call it a beanie, except it has like it's like a larger beanie that you kind of roll near your ears, and it mm. often has like a ball on the top. Um, have you ever heard them referred to as stocking caps? No. I'm not sure if I have either, but it just popped into my mind. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a death threat over it, though. Yeah, we'll see mm. next week. So here, here's the article. Let's see what the story behind this headline. A rollerblading man who is acting erratically and carrying a hockey stick was arrested in Victoria after he reportedly chased a woman and stole her toque. 
Police say they were first alerted to the man around 1.30 p.m. Monday when officers received a call about a man who was rollerblading and hitting garbage cans with a hockey stick. Soon after, police received a second call about a man hitting downtown business windows with a hockey stick and generally causing a disturbance, though no windows were broken. It's odd they make a point to say that. But it's also odd that he didn't break any windows. Yeah, he's just tapping them with a stick. Yeah. Um, while officers were en route to that call, police say they received a third report of the rollerblading man. So this is a crime spree. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, however, police heard that the man had chased a woman onto a sidewalk near the intersection of Government Street and Broughton Street. There, he pushed on the back of the woman's head and stole her toque. The victim was not physically injured in the incident, and the man rollerbladed away from the scene. Victoria PD officers were able to track the man down to Trounce Alley, Alley, where he first attempted to evade police by rollerblading around a police car. Officers were able to catch the man on foot. However, um, officers were able to catch the man on foot. However, and he was arrested without further incident. Police say the man was not injured during the arrest and now faces recommended charges of robbery. It's weird that they said he was not injured during the arrest. Maybe he was injured prior to the arrest, or I just don't know why they would add I'm that. I'm not sure. I'm, I also find it kind of interesting that they were able to catch him on foot, even though he was on rollerblades. Yeah, like he must suck at rollerblades, especially in a city. You'd think it'd be really easy to get away from cops and cars because they would be stuck on the road, yeah, or if yeah. they get out on foot, they're slow. So I would be, if I was him, I would have had... Well, actually, maybe now I would. I, I'm probably not very fast on rollerblades. But, but if, if he turned down the wrong feel... kind of alley where, you know, where that always happens in the movies and TV shows where it's like you go down the alley and there's a big fence there. And, and you jump in yeah, and they, and they yeah. grab you and pull you down. And he's like, oh, it's over That's... for me. Yeah. Um, what was this guy doing? Why would It he... sounds like he Why just, you know, the wind was howling and he couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And it was either like end it in a closet or get his rollerblades on and a hockey stick and live it up. And he decided to live it up by tapping, hitting garbage cans, tapping windows with his stick. And then he saw a hat he couldn't resist taking. Mm. Um, perhaps there's, this is like a mental health thing, but it seems more just like, I don't know, maybe he was drinking. Maybe he was drinking. I, we'll I don't know. To... It could be a number of different things, really. Um, they don't really mm. say too much in the article of, uh, the source of the uh, person's discontent with society. Yeah, but he certainly went out with a bang that day. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and um, just kind of, you know, when, when you're downtown, carry a little uh, pocket full of gravel with you. So that way, if somebody on rollerblades is coming after you, you chuck the gravel onto the sidewalk, he spills over, and then you're safe. Or in the case of this specific individual, simply outrun him because apparently he's not very fast on these rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is an interest. That was an interesting one. The headline alone uh, was yeah. was worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most Canadian uh, crime of all time. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the second crime. And last week we talked about romance scammers and that was brought on because i just finished watching two back-to-back netflix series about romance scammers the first well sort of the first was the tinder swindler which was really good the second was inventing anna which i just watched the finale of like two nights ago a really cool two really cool stories about people kind of using the internet and vulnerable people and fake identities to um 
take financial advantage of people. Uh, and, and that led us to kind of talk about last week, kind of the Canadian mm. uh, view of that. Well, I have a story for you. In Toronto, there has been an ama- a major arrest of a frequent romance scammer. The headline is suspect stole thousands from victims after borrowing their cell phones, police say. The people were vulnerable and looking for companionship on dating apps Grinder and Scruff, where police say they were allegedly targeted for thousands of dollars. Some of the victims targeted had learning disabilities and physical disabilities. In all cases, the victims were simply looking for some companionship, and instead they were deceived for financial gain. 20-year-old Jackson Liu was arrested last month in connection with the case, and since then, police have identified five alleged victims. Investigators say Liu would meet those involved at their homes, ask to use their phones to make a call, and would then wire money from their bank accounts. The ease in which this actually happened, uh, it actually uh, shocked myself as well. The one commonality in this is um, there was the same email that was used to, to complete some of these e-transfers. Investigators also allege the victim's credit card data was duplicated and used for online and retail purchases. The combined losses, police say, total $30,000. A lot of um, Uber transactions uh, that were uh, that were applied for um, upwards of fifteen dollars to $2,000, $1,500, $2,000. The alleged incidents happened between November 19th and February 25th. Police say most victims are in the Church Wellesley village and believe there are more. And there is concern among community agencies and police potential victims will be hesitant or too embarrassed to come forward. Lou is facing 40 charges, including multiple counts for theft under $5,000, possession of property obtained by crime, and unauthorized use of credit card data. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of... um, How's he doing it? Well, I think the only thing that... Because I wondered that too when I read the article, and the only thing I can think of is um, those autofill... like I have certain oh. certain sites that I go to where like my credit card information will autofill. Yeah, I know, and he must know right where to get it because I I think there's a spot where you can within your iPhone in like the mm. settings somewhere where you can see what website it saved your username and password yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So maybe mm. he could, but if if someone's like, can I use your phone? Like I, I told that story earlier about the car crash in front of my house. I let the lady use my phone. And I just stood right next to her. She had it just for like a minute or two. But I guess if she, if like, if you really knew what you're doing, you could get into the settings fast enough. Yeah. But and I I'm sure it doesn't work on every, every time he tries it, but it probably works on mm. enough that over time, you know, if you do it often enough, you'll get enough payoff out of it. Yeah. And he's also would have, um, he would have befriended them or whatever and gained their trust in some way. So maybe he was, able to you know be on a couch and their phone is next to yeah, him or something yeah like, that's the key to these things is is establishing a trust first before you try to pull off the scam but for he's only 20 and managed to get $30,000 from November until now in March when he's arrested um and that's only what they know about mm-hmm. so he like that was a lucrative kind of thing so i could see if if i could see if you were a dishonest person who knew how to do these things i could see the appeal in doing that sort of stuff but man it's and then they the, the cop also said that the victims uh had had um 
some of them had mm-hmm. physical or mental disabilities. Yeah. So it's like, is he, he, maybe he's looking for the most vulnerable people. It sounds like um, there was enough of a connection there between the victims to make that statement by the police. So yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like he probably finds that to be his kind of key demographic, I guess, that uh, he targets. And it makes Man, it even grosser, the whole thing. Like, it's just disgusting. Yeah, that absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that guy. I'm glad he's been arrested. If, if I hate him, if if guilty, like if he actually did that, and I'm thinking, I I trust the five people <laughs> that have come forward. So yeah, I'll, I will say I hate that guy. Yeah, I'll join you in that. Sure, we both hate him. Um, hopefully, are raising awareness uh, on the plight of romance scammers. Hopefully, this will put an end to it, and this will be the last one that we'll ever have to talk about. But I have a feeling. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Hopefully the romance scammers know we're on to them and, and, and we're uh, bringing more attention to it and then they'll just stop completely. They'll just stop. They'll get honest. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to get honest. Uh, the, you know, the whole thing is up. Hello, listeners, and sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and tell you about additional content I just posted to the premium feed. If you're hearing this message, you're listening on a feed containing only a portion of what I release. For example, I release a monthly Letters to Nighttime episode in which I read, discuss, and respond to most of the emails and messages that I've received during the last month. Shortly after the release of this episode, I'll be posting Marcus' version of Letters to Nighttime only on the premium feed. You can find it and all other premium content at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. So if you want to support the show and give yourself more of it, go to patreon.com slash nighttime podcast and subscribe to the premium feed. And as a gentle reminder, all annual subscribers of the premium feed will receive a nighttime swag pack by mail. Now let's get back to the episode. Let's move on to our final topic. This one also harkens back to a prior episode. Uh, In the title for this episode that we're recording now, I called it um, a sexist buffoon, a rollerblading baddie, um, another romance scammer, and a rat. Mm. So the rat could be multiple people. We've kind of talked about a few people who I would describe as rats. Uh, but this yeah, is that about... is really the theme throughout all of our stories. Yeah, I think it is. A right? Rollerblading rats. Uh, yeah, these yeah, are all, these rats, are all but... rats. You know, maybe not in the literal sense, but certainly in the in their character. Mm-hmm. Well, this t- story is about a literal rat. Uh, we talked in the past about how um, Alberta, the province of Alberta, is famously but not not well knownly uh, rat free. There, as as far as I can tell, it's the largest landmass um, that is uh, that does not have rats. It's the only province in Canada, of course, that doesn't have rats. Well, let me tell you that a hitchhiking rat from BC found its way into mostly rat free Alberta just recently. Let me tell you about it. A hitchhiking rat found its way into BC into a red deer garage on the weekend. 
provincial rat specialist Karen Wickerson said the long-trailed critter was spotted on the weekend by a red deer man who had recently parked an old pickup truck at his house that had been transported on a flatbed from BC to be restored. It's, it's believed the black or roof rat hitched a ride. I've never heard of a black rat referred to as a roof rat. I have, yeah. Because its... um, I've, I've battled with the rodents in the past and Ooh. Um, Ooh. doing a little research on rats. Yeah, they are called roof rats. Hmm. Okay. Well, it is believed that the black or roof rat hitched a ride. Almost certainly tired, thirsty, and hungry, the rat was spotted by the, f- by the homeowner inside his garage. He saw something move, and then he did actually see it in the window trying to get warm in the sun because the garage wasn't heated. He found some chewings as well. When the man's dog showed up, the rat was scared off. The quick-thinking homeowner shut the door to the garage so the rat could not escape. He unsuccessfully tried to corral it in a gopher trap. However, he did manage to get some photos, which ended up before Wickerson on Monday, and Wickerson is that expert. She headed to Red Deer to check out the sighting for herself, and sure enough, it was a rat. Well, an ex-rat, as it turned Mm. out. By the time Wickerson got to Red Deer on Monday, the rat was no more. We found it dead. It was sitting on a workbench. Likely, the rat succumbed to lack of food and water during its long journey to Alberta, said Wickerson. Alberta takes its status as Canada's only rat-free province very seriously. However, despite 70 years of vigilance and and a ban on rats as pets, a couple dozen or so do manage to sneak in each year, mostly as hitchhikers on transport trucks and other vehicles returning to Alberta from BC, but sometimes from provinces to the east as well. Last year, 31 rats were identified in Alberta. In 2020, 26 rats were found. Mm Mm-hmm. I am um, so rat free, but very low. There I mean, obviously, rats. you know, things are going to happen and rats are going to sneak in. Uh, I don't think they can hold on to this title forever of being this rat free landmass. I don't I think eventually enough rats are going to sneak in in some way. A female rat, you know, pregnant or whatever. And and before you know it. That title is stripped from them, and they have rats like the rest of us. I think it's only a matter of time. And if they become, knowing how awful the human race is as well, if it becomes well known mm. that they're rat free, some idiot will just bring like 30 oh, rats. Oh, yeah, a rat, a rat terrorist lose. is going to come in with you know, a uh, bunch of pregnant like, rats and be like, ah, procreate, spread. John. I felt bad for this rat in this story, to be honest, when I when I read it. Yeah. Um, how it talked about how the rat died and it probably starved to death. I thought that was kind of a sad part of the story. When I hear stories of like rats or mice or rabbits, I don't think of it as an animal. I think about it as an animated picture. So I'm picturing, yeah, I'm picturing this rat who's probably a really great guy or, or really nice. Or is on an adventure, uh, like looking for his father or something. Yeah. He gets on this transport truck. It's mm-hmm. going all the way to Alberta However, a couple days into his adventure, he realizes how far over his head he's in, how deep over his head he's in. He doesn't have food. He can't get off to search for food because the thing is moving so fast. Or maybe he's trapped. It's not until he gets in this garage far away from every other rat. It's freezing cold. It's not heated. And then the story, the little story he told about the the rat getting in the window to try to warm up on the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was like a... it was, it was unsettling to me, and I and I imagine if this 
uh, rat expert that they called in, they were probably going to exterminate the rat anyway. So, um, well, let's wrap this up. I think we did a great job of exploring uh, some of the week's most interesting news. Um, and I already got uh, I already got some stories for next week mm, that popped up today. Okay, so great. we're only getting started here. I, like I said, I before I think we could do two or three of these a week and not run out of stories. Yeah, but, uh, and I'd like to get some more voicemails too um and in particular put a call out for someone to leave a voicemail in support of calling rhesus reese and back me up on this i want to hear stories of people who've um who have strong evidence that their phone is listening to them and serving ads as a result of things in here mm. Jeez. All right. Well, let's wrap this up and let's go out the way we always do. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Don't don't let rats in Alberta. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing an evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big thanks to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode and Unicole for supplying the intro and outro narrations. But the most important thanks goes to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm regularly adding exclusive content. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, subscribe to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And on the topic of the premium feed, let me thank the newest subscribers, Kathleen, Robert, Sarah, and Mark. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show but can't do it with a premium feed subscription, you can give me a huge hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or contribute your thoughts in a voice memo, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com contact. I hope to hear from you soon. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, Let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful, serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird.